0: Lord, we ask you just to be with us as we look at your word today. We ask you to guide, lead, show us what you would want us to see from this. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis 1.1 is our scripture again this week. Huh? Yeah. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Last week we talked about God being before time. He's always existed. He has no beginning. And so we're going to look at this one a little differently this time. We're going to start out with this very first Bible of the Bible. First verse of the Bible. All right. This is going to be a fun day to preach, I guess. Starts out with, in the beginning, God created. Note that it doesn't try to prove God. Doesn't try to explain God. God starts out with a statement that He is. In the beginning, God. So we want to just start with that thought process. Many times in our decision with walking with God, we need to start with the idea that God is. All right. Now there are all kinds of proofs that there is a God. There's all kinds of proofs that there that God is all powerful. There's all the kinds of proofs that He's, you know, love and He's omnipotent and all of these, and the Bible does cover all those things. But when we first come to him we come with a very simple faith. There is a God. He paid the debt that I owe him for me and I can go to heaven with him. So we start out with just a very simple statement. In the beginning God. And we want to keep this as simple as possible because in nowhere does it try to prove God. You know, even in the Bible it doesn't really try to prove it, it just tells us about God. And then we look at the facts around us and we can say, yes, there is a God. And we went into a few of those you know, last, last week when we talked about him being the prime mover. God has always existed. You all, and by science, we know that there has to be something that has always existed because things don't just pop into existence out of nothing. All right, science knows that. So by the people will go, you can't prove that there's a God. You know what? I mean, you're right, I can't prove there's a God, but I can prove that, that matter doesn't and energy doesn't matter doesn't fit science, you know, to be eternal. You know, I can go through science and prove that their alternatives are definitely not true and take a lot more faith than it takes to believe in God. Because it is very important. We have to have faith in something. Is it automatic? God created us to have faith. The atheist believes that there's no God, and he puts all of his faith in the idea that there is no God, and that, uh, that every violation of science produced everything. That takes a lot of faith. I'm sorry. That just takes a lot more faith to me than have a God who started everything that's always been existent, who set the rules in place and started everything. is a lot easier to believe than to believe that at some point in time, science rules didn't apply to, to, to this physical world, and everything just popped into existence. So we have it, in the beginning, God created. And this word for create means to initiate out of nothing. All right, God made this world from nothing. And it's a pretty amazing, amazing idea. The God who's outside of nature created all of nature. And note that in our verse it says, God In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And that article is actually in there. Usually the articles are not in the Greek and the Hebrew. But in this case, it definitely says the heaven. Why does it say the heaven? Because it doesn't include the heaven that God dwells in. Now, he created that one as well, but not in our creation. So he created that somewhere out in the past too. But because Paul said he went to the third heaven, if you recall. He says, when I know a man who died, he went to the third heaven heaven. And in that idea, we have our atmosphere, which is the first heaven. We have the universe, which is the second heaven and God's domain, which is the third heaven. God did not create in Genesis 1, 1, his domain. He created our atmosphere and the heavens that we see. So we want to keep this in mind as we're going on. God created these things out of nothing. All right. He didn't start with a bunch of stuff and form it into into something else we do that we start with something and we form it into stuff you know our whole building is that our lights our all of our electronics everything that we deal with is stuff that we took that God created and we reformed it and people will go well you know I wrote I wrote a story that was original good stories aren't original good stories have to match God's story. (laughs) All right? And that's the whole thing. And every once in a while, they'll try to put out a story or a movie where the bad guys win. And we instinctively know there's something wrong with that story because everything in us says bad does not win. All right? And they'll always get bad reviews because there's just something. Most people don't understand what it is that's bothering them about the movie or the story but it's not a correct story. It's not a true story. So if people go, it just doesn't feel right. It, the ending just didn't satisfy. It wasn't what it was. So all created art and stories have to come back to God's story. His origin. Can you imagine trying to print, uh, paint an, a completely original painting? And I mean completely original. You have nothing to look at to create your, create your painting. What would you paint? <laughs> you know, uh, landscape? Sorry, God created the landscape. You're just copying the landscape. Some buildings? Well, man created those buildings. What would you create if you were to create a completely 100% original? You might have the new art where you throw a can of paint against the wall and say that, it, that I created art. Sorry, that, to me that's not art. OK. And again, it doesn't match. The real story. It doesn't match the creator who gave us the standards that we are to live by and to follow. And so we're looking at this. And I just want to look at this. I'm going to give one more application to this as well. God is in the beginning of all things. For our application, is he in the beginning of all that we do in our life? Do you want to live a victorious life? And most people will say yes. Two things are necessary to live a victorious life. One thing is that you have to have problems. You know, and that kind of sounds strange, but you can't have a victory unless you have a problem or a test to be tested, tested out. Every team at every sporting event starts out undefeated in the beginning of their season. They also have all started out untested at the beginning of their season. All right? If you want to have a victorious life, you must go through the temptations victoriously. How do we go through those, those temptations and trials victoriously? We put God in the beginning. When he says to do something, we follow him. We agree with him. Some of the examples that I thought about as I was going through this was Noah. Noah was called to God, by God to build a big boat. You know, the first question is, God, what's a boat? Second question, God says, Well, it's going to rain. God, what's what's rain? Because they had never had rain at that time. You know, so he's got two big questions. God has told me to build something that's never been seen for an event that's never happened. How many of us would have told God, you know, sorry, God. Uh, it's, I, I must have been smoking too much, you know, been around people smoking too much. I must be hallucinating, so I can't, I'm not going to go do this. That wasn't Noah's attitude. He goes, okay, God, don't understand what you're talking about, but I'm going to build this great big boat that you're talking about because you say it's needed to save the world. It took him 120 years to build this, this boat preaching. Now, can you imagine what it was like for Noah building this big boat, in the middle of a plane, no water. I mean, even if they understood what a boat was, <laughs> no water anywhere to, to float this big ocean-going vessel. And he's talking about water falling from the sky that they have never seen before. How much, how much uh, jokes were probably made at his expense? The, the comedian at the nightclub would, would have gotten a field day at, uh, uh, at Noah's expense. And you know what was happening. It happens in our day when people do things that people don't understand. You know what was happening in their day because there's nothing new under the sun. And yet, because of his obedience, his family was saved from the flood. We come up to Abraham and Abraham's told, go and leave your family and go to the place that I will show you. I'm not even going to tell you where you're going. Just go. In a day and age where you didn't leave your family because the family was all that you had to protect you. And he put God first and said, I will go and do what God said. What happened from that? God blessed all the world by his obedience because Jesus came from Abraham's line and died on the cross so that all people could be saved. You know, do we really put God first in our life even when it makes no sense to do so? You know, we can look at somebody who didn't put God first. Let's look at Cain. Let's stay in the Genesis right now. Let's look at Cain. Cain did not put God first. He brought God, He tried to worship God his way. He brought an offering that had no blood. He brought his fruits and vegetables to God and said, God, here's my sin offering. And God says, I don't accept it. What did he do in return? Killed his brother. Now, I don't really understand why his brother was the target of his anger in that particular case because it was God who rejected him. All Abel did was obey God. And he went out and killed his brother because God rejected him and accepted his brother, so he took it out on his brother. How many times does the world, and even ourselves sometimes, take things out on other people that aren't even the target of what's going on? I got mad, so I took it out on somebody else. (laughs) It you know, doesn't make much sense, but yet that's what happens in our world. People get angry, they lose their temper, and they go after somebody who's usually an innocent, innocent bystander in the event. This is something that happens. You look at somebody like Jonah. Jonah's a prophet of God. <laughs> Apparently a good prophet of God. God talks to him. He says, go talk to Nineveh. And he says, no, thank you, I'm running the other direction. God was not first in his life when it came to Nineveh. And he ran the other direction. Now, God brought him back. One of the first submarine uh, people. You know, not a very comfortable environment in the belly of a fish, but God brought him back. And he finally obeyed God and preached the message, but even after he obeyed and preached the message, he still sat up on the mountainside waiting for the city to be destroyed, and was angry that God forgave them I feel sorry for Jonah he gets known I mean I don't know what the rest of his life involved but that one little picture of his life is you know lots of disobedience lots of disobedience and yet God used him so a question for us as we look at this is are we putting God first in all of our decisions And that means every decision we have. And how do we get to put him first? We get to know his voice. We get to know his words. Do we put him first in our relationships? In our our work? In the way we act? Everything about God should be first in our life. And we should be weighing everything through this grid of, is this what God desires? And if we started doing that in our life, what would our language be like? What would our tone, of, tone and attitude toward other people be like? What would our attitude be toward the lost? This is so important. In the beginning, God. You know, God wants to have the, have the first of our finances. He wants to have the first of our relationships. He wants to have the first of everything we do. And he wants to be first. In the beginning, God. And this will lead to victorious walk with God because if he's in the beginning of everything then I also recognize that nothing comes my way unless he brought it my way he will help me walk through all these problems and I can we can keep going through the Bible and look at these people who put in the beginning God Daniel taken away as a a slave to Babylon and decided to keep God first and he was very kind about it. He goes, I, I really appreciate all this king's wonderful food. I can't eat any of it because it's all pork and, and seafood that I can't eat and shellfish. He goes, How about if you just let me eat seeds, Por- porridge, and, I, and God will bless it? He was very kind, but he says, I've got to put God first. They said you can't give prayers to anybody else but the king for 30 days, and he went and prayed to God three times a day still. And you know that story. He ended up going into the lion's den, had a wonderful sleep with the den of lions, hungry hungry lions. And what was his answer when Nebuchadnezzar came, uh, when Darius came? God closed their mouths, rescued him, and then to prove that the, the lions were really really hungry. They threw the 70 men in that had tricked him and their families, and they didn't even hit the floor before they were torn up by those very hungry lions. You know, God first. Now, does that mean God will always deliver us out of every problem with no problem at all? Absolutely not. We have millions of people who are martyrs for Christ because they put God first. Now the good news when you're a martyr for Christ is that you stand one moment uh, facing death and the next moment you're before God. And I don't even think you feel the, feel the actual suffering. I think God takes you away before that because you're standing putting him first. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not bow down to the idol. Even to make it look like they were in obedience, they would not bow down. And they put God first. And I love their, I've always loved their answer. When Nebuchadnezzar said, who can deliver you from my hand? They said, our God can deliver you, but if, whether he does or does not, we will not bow. That needs to be our attitude in all aspects of life. God, you are first. I am not going to bow to the world's way of doing things, whatever that may be well god i can I know that I can go out and party you know party with my friends and I, and you'll forgive me. God I know that it you know, I know you sell us not to be unequally yoked, but you know I'm just so strong I can be able to save this person I, I know I can do it. God, I know that I'm supposed to be honoring you in all that I do, but you know God, the rest of the world doesn't, so I'm just going to live the way the world lives. We make all kinds of good excuses, you know. God, you know, uh, big one out there right now in today's world. God, you know, we just have to live together and see if we can live together before we get married. Even though you are against fornication. You know, we want to be very careful. Just because the world says something is okay does not mean that God says it's okay. We put God first. And when we put God first, we get to watch Him work in our life. Just as he did in the beginning of all creation and put everything in place, which we'll start talking about creation you know, next week. But in the beginning, God, in the beginning of our lives, my life, your life, we need to be able to put say, God, in the beginning, in the beginning of my finances, in the beginning of my day, in the beginning of my relationship with my family, in the beginning of my relationships at work. In the beginning of every bit of my life, God, you are first. And then he will walk us through in victory for the rest of our our days. But again, remember, victory does not mean a problem-free life. (laughs) All right? Because if you have a problem-free life, you have no victory. You just have existence. And God did not create us to just have existence. He wants us to live victoriously. He wants us to be victorious, but his victory will, that victory will only be in him. If we want to solve things our way, and I've been there, done it many times, trying to do things my way, God will not let flesh stand before him. You try to do things your way, and we all know it, we fail. <laughs> and sometimes we fail miserably doing it our way. This is why we need to be in his word. We need to study his word. We need to be reading his word. We need to be taught his word. And I keep sharing with you guys, I get taught all the time. I'm always listening to other speakers trying to learn things outside of my, my understanding because we can all get lost. If you want to try to teach yourself, have any of you ever tried to teach yourself anything? Not just the Bible. You know, you've know, you taught yourself how to sew. And your stuff comes out okay. And people go, well, you know, if you just did this, it'd be faster or even better, it lasts longer. You know, you're, you're learning to knit or crochet. Well, if you just did this, you can put this pattern in there. You're playing sports, and all, inevitably, there's guys that think that they're really good at sports. And a coach gets, gets hold of them and says, if you just change this, you're not just going to be good, you will be great. And you know, the the humble one will say, okay, I'm going to listen to the coach. God is out there saying, I've got a plan for you. Maybe you're existing. Maybe you're not even in the bottom of the pit because doing things your way, but you're not living in victory. And God says, I have a plan for you to live victoriously. And God says, honor him. Give him the honor Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. When we trust in our own, our own ideas, our own understanding, at least been my experience, I don't think I've ever had a victory leaning on myself. It may have been a temporary victory. It may have looked like a victory, but they all fall apart when we build on sand which is our own understanding it will fall eventually that sandcastle may look really really good even if I built it far enough from the ocean that the ocean doesn't destroy it the wind will eventually destroy it it had no foundation it had no strength and it falls apart that is what happens when we build with our own understanding it will be toppled It may last a while I may be able to go a long time thinking I'm okay and I met some people that have done that they're going along thinking they're okay living in their own understanding they go to church every Sunday morning maybe even Sunday night Wednesday night they go to church all the time they're even reading their Bible but they're putting their own understanding first and when trials come they eventually crumble because God will make our test enough to tear down our bad foundation our foundation has to be on God, putting him first. And this is why back in the 80s, there was the WWJD, what would Jesus do? Now, I understand those are really good, good things to think. What would Jesus do? The better part is get his word so much into your brain and mind that you don't even have to think what would Jesus do. You just start doing what he says, he, you know, what he has told you to do. And you're not thinking it. And then you can look back and say, what would Jesus? Oh, he would have done just what he led me to do because I was thinking his way, not my way. And this is very important. You know, when you get your check, if you believe in tithing, then the first part of your check goes to God no matter what. Just right off the top. It's the way it's been for us for years. The tithe has always been off the top. Now, the offering's a little, story, little trickier story sometimes for, for me. But, you know, I still try even there because God and I have worked out how much we're supposed to give him and I give him what he and I have agreed to. And every once in a while, he tells me to up it. (laughs) So, you know, and those times are the hard ones because I'm I'm giving him what I have to. That's not even a question. Give him what we have to. What do we do with our relationships? And believe me, I have heard this so many times from people, especially young people. Well, I just have to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you know, I just have to have it. Why? (laughs) Show me the scripture that tells you you have to have that. You know, and, you know, because we're so lonely, many times people get married thinking that uh, spouse is going to be the one that fulfills them. If your fulfillment is not in Jesus Christ to begin with and God to begin with, it will not be fulfilled by a person. Matter of fact, it would only be made worse when you're trying to live with a person because all of us do things that drive somebody crazy and when we're living with them it's even worse (laughs) you know it's bad enough when you when you're around somebody just a couple hours a day and they're driving you crazy but when you live with them you know and you're following God's ways and they're driving you crazy it's hard we need to be putting God first our satisfaction must come in God Then he will help us to love others that are driving us crazy. He will help us love others that are not behaving the way we think they should behave because they stand and fall before God as well. And, you know, I've said this so many times. When you're upset at somebody because they're not doing something you like, they're probably thinking the same thing about you. There's something that you're doing that they don't like. You know, So we need to just love one another. (laughs) Let God make the changes of people. And I've said this many times. When I first got married, I used to pray a lot for God to change Lynn, and he always changed me. So now I'm getting to the point where I said, okay, God, just change me. (laughs) I'll let you change her if you want, but just change me. And it's important for us to get to that point where, God, I need you to work on me. I don't need you to work on my spouse, my kids, my church, my work. Work on me. Make me more like you. Help me place you first in all my decisions. Help me place you first in all that I do. And when we have that as our attitude, I'm sure God will change everybody else as well. But you know, when I have his attitude, I don't need him to change anybody because I now get his love for other people. And I'm able to look at them saying, God, yeah, they've got lots of flaws, but so do I. And you still love me. So I want to I be able to show them love. Now, does that mean you're going to want to hang out with those people all the time? Probably not. But we still get to the place where we can love them, be kind to them, and know that God's got their life in his hands as much as he has my life in his hands. And very important for us to look, God, what do you want to do? How are you going to work with me? And we just want to keep this in mind. God must be first. In all that goes on in our life, he needs to be first. I want to encourage us in this church to let's make that our prayer. God, I want you to be in the beginning of all that I do. Because I want to be victorious and I want to see everybody in this church be victorious. Victorious means you're going to go through a lot of trials and sufferings and pain. But put God first and watch what he does to get you through it. Because when you go through those trials and pain and God's first, you come out stronger. And you get ready for the next trial and struggle and pain that's coming along when he says, am I going to be first in this area? And God wants to be first in every area of our lives. So we want to just uh, take a look at that and be challenged by that. If we don't know Jesus, then we first need to get to know him. All right. We all have sinned. We all deserve punishment. And Jesus Christ wants to come into our life and save us from that first. And that's the first victorious act we're going to make is accepting him as our Lord and Savior. Then we make him first in all that we do. Lord, we just thank you for this day. Lord, if there's anybody listening online that doesn't know you, we ask that you get hold of their life right now today, that they will admit that they're a sinner, they deserve hell, and ask you to, to forgive them and to guide them. And then they will learn to put you first. For Lord, all those listening right now that know you as your as, as Savior, Lord, we ask that you will really work on our heart. In the beginning, God will be the forefront of our minds at all that we do. And we just thank you, Lord, and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.